Good morning, friends and family. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining me. I wanted to share a little bit about uh, four different ideas. Run straight toward the goal. Learn from those ahead of you. Watch out for people who can trip you up. And keep your eye on the ultimate finish line. So, uh, Paul, he often used um, an athlete or athletic event to describe the Christian life. And so, in um, it's, it is not a 100-yard dash he's talking about here. It's a marathon. He's talking about a marathon. And to many, too many Christians, they their life in a flash with, with great enthusiasm, they start it. But something happens and they they disappear into mediocrity or slip back into the world or they lose purpose or they lose commitment. They lose passion. And because of that, you know what? They, they lack any measurable spiritual growth. So it's important to, to start... Uh, to start well in the Christian life, but it's it's more important to finish well. So that's that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit. Finishing well is what this passage um, here is talking about in Philippians chapter three. So. Finishing well is what the passage is about. And and this is what all of us, our intention is to do. We don't plan on burning out. We don't plan on losing passion. We don't plan on losing purpose or commitment, right? But you know what? We go through things and things happen and we do lose sometimes. So we've got to stay in the race and we have to pursue the goal of the race. Paul, Paul gives us essential standards of running, of living, quote, running well and finishing well. So in Philippians, we're in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 14. And in these verses, Paul talks about the disciplines that are needed to run the race of spiritual growth. And these four disciplines should be a part of our daily lives. We need to be honest about where we are in the race. In the first part of verse 12, Paul makes a, a honest statement about himself and says, not that I have already obtained it, but have already become or have already become perfect. So the word obtained means to lay hold of and the word perfect means to reach the goal. So in other words, he's saying, I've not arrived I'm still a work in progress. God is still at work pruning and shaping my life. And there are still areas in me that are still so unlike Christ. I want to keep growing in my spiritual life. You know, sometimes you might feel like you're the only one struggling in the Christian life. And you come to to church and you see others smiling and thinking that they have it all together. But... You know, you ask, why can't I be like that? But the truth is that all of us are a work in progress. No one ever reaches the place that they can think 
that they have arrived, that they can stop running the race. Being honest uh, about where you are is essential in spiritual growth. So we need to align ourselves with Jesus, uh, with Jesus's goal for life, actually. In the second part of verse 12, Paul says, but I press on so I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. So two times in the passage, Paul used press on. It means to move rapidly and decisively towards an object, to turn or to pursue. So he's saying, I'm not where I want to be, but I keep moving that way as quickly as possible. I'm running to win. I'm running to reach the goal. I'm running to to be a winner in this race. And what's the goal? The goal is to lay hold of that which also which I also lay hold of by Jesus Christ. John MacArthur explains what it is uh, other In other words, my goal in life is consistent with Christ's goal for my salvation. He saved me for a purpose. His purpose in saving me has become my purpose in my spiritual progress. So you see, that's a very, very significant truth. The reason Christ redeemed me and you has become the goal of our life. And so our will is now his will. I want I want for me what he wanted for me and saved me to accomplish. So it's important to have the right goal in life and in in one of the first um Wait a minute here. You know, we can't waste our life chasing wrong goals, whether it's money, or comfort, or pleasure. We got to be chasing the right goals. We have to understand that God's purpose for our life is to make us more like Christ and and for your life to count for his glory. So the, the goal is to grow in knowing Jesus and doing his will. You can't run forward looking back. In verse 13, Paul says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to that which lies ahead so there are two more important principles in the verse and the first is about the past there are some things that that we can do with the past you can be thankful for the past and, and how God worked in your life in the past. You can, you can learn from the past. You can, both past failures and successes, you can learn from both those. But there's one thing that you can't do with the past. You can't live in the past. In your, um, if your talk about the Lord is in past tense, it is a, it's a sign that you're not experiencing healthy spiritual growth. And then a second principle is about the future, reaching forward 
Reaching forward, it means to exert yourself. It means to stretch. It means to strain toward the goal. So it's the picture of a, of a runner leaning forward to cross the finish line. So Paul is saying that run with a resolute focus on pursuing, you know, going forward and growing in the Lord every day. Paul gave the same testimony in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? So run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the game exercises self-control in all things. Amen? They then do it to receive a perishable Uh, wreath but we the imperishable so therefore I run in such a way as not without aim I box in such a way as not beating the air but I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others I myself I will not be disqualified So in verse 14, Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So this this verse is basically about perseverance, persevering in the race. So what, what good does it do to run the race if you drop out before uh, crossing the finish line? This verse is about purpose. So God has called you not only to move forward in the Christian life, but to pursue the the upward, the heavenly. So don't live your life for the earthly. So many times Christians are accused of being so heavenly minded that they're of, of no earthly good or no earthly value. But Paul says the opposite is true. Our, our danger being so earthly minded that we are of no heavenly good. Don't be complacent or content with the status quo. Pursue Jesus. Pursue him with all of your heart. And then in verses 15 and 17, um, we need to be following the example of those ahead of us. Uh, The Bible says, let us therefore as many as are perfect have this attitude and if anything you have a different attitude and if in anything you have a different attitude God will reveal that also to you wow that is powerful and I'm grateful to I'm grateful for that scripture however let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained brethren join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Then in verse 15, Paul encourages everyone that is perfect or mature to think the same way about the race of continual uh, spiritual growth and to those who have been spinning their wheels spiritually to listen to what God is showing them about getting into the race. 
then verse 16 is saying, you know what, if you're, if you are maturing, it will show in your life. Verse 17 is the, the whole heart of this section where Paul calls the Philippians to follow his example as he pursued Jesus. So this is not an egotistical statement, just the opposite. It is very practical. Practical advice. So there are many twists and turns and it's easy to uh, stumble. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to veer off and make a wrong turn somewhere in the road. We need models. We need mentors who are further along in the spiritual journey who can help keep us pointed in the right direction and encourage us to keep running the race. Then in verse 18 and 19, you know, we want, uh, we have to watch out for certain people because the Bible says, for many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite and their glory is their shame who set their minds on earthly things. Now, those are the people, you know, we don't want to follow. Watch out for these people because they will trip you up. So the verses are the the flip side of having encouraging models. It's a, it's a warning to be on guard against and avoiding people who will hinder you from running the race well or finishing the race. So, It was actually with a broken heart that Paul calls them enemies of the cross of Christ. Who who is he talking about? He's talking about the false or the fake Christians who Paul described in um, Titus 1 verse 16, where he says, They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him. Amen? Now some people would call that works. Some people that say, you know, we don't have to have works that... But, but it is by our deeds that people know us. But by their deeds, they denied him. It was obvious. So being detestable and disobedient and uh, worthless for any good deed. They draw near to God with their lips, he says, but their hearts are far from him. And they are enemies of the cross because they use it as a license to sin. So, we are saved by grace, so it doesn't matter how you live or how, you, how much you sin. And that's a lie. It does matter. God does not wink at sin. So, Paul gives four characteristics to these dangerous fakes. They're going to hell, whose end is destruction, and they will destroy you, number one. Number two, they live for the self-gratification of the desires of the flesh, whose God is their appetite. Number three, they brag about their sin, who glory, whose glory is their shame. And number four, they've, they live like this life is all there is, who set their mind on earthly things, it says. So... 
you know, if you have a relationship that, that, um, re, any relationships that are pulling you away from Jesus, see to it. See it for what it is. It's a toxic relationship and change it. Change that relationship. Get those people out of your life if they're pulling you away from the Lord. Share the gospel with them and pray that they will come in. uh, Come to a true, sin-forgiving, life-transforming faith in Jesus. Amen? Yeah, so if there are people that are causing you to trip up in your faith, be honest. And if so... Then in verses 20 and 21, we need to keep our eyes on the ultimate finish line. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity into or with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even subject all those things to himself. What is wrong here? Conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Subject. I'm not saying that right. That's why it didn't sound right. So Paul did not say that our citizenship will in heaven one day in the future. We are citizens of heaven right now, not one day in the future. Home is where the heart is. So we live on earth, but our hearts, amen, our hearts are in heaven. And this earth is not our home. Peter said we are aliens. We are strangers. He said that in 1 Peter 2.11. We are sojourners here. But as long as we are here, we are to run the race to grow in knowing Jesus and becoming more like him so we can effectively share him with others. Amen. If we don't know him ourselves, we certainly can't share him with others. So, We don't lose heart in the race because we know that one day we're going to cross the ultimate finish line. And um, when Jesus comes again, he will give us resurrected, glorified bodies. He will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. The race will be finished and our salvation will be completed. So in justification, Jesus saved us from the penalty of sin. In sanctification, Jesus is saving us from the power of sin. And in glorification, Jesus will save us from the presence of sin. Amen. And so in closing, I just want to challenge you. What are the goals of your life? Think about it. What are your goals? In what areas do your goals need to align with God's will? And if you do not have a mentor who encourages you, pray this week that God will point you to someone. Amen.
That would be good. Um, so, so I challenge you. I challenge you to do that. Uh, do you need a mentor? I do believe you do. I do believe we all do. And right there, I'm going to close and praise the Lord. 